Welcome into this week's episode of Bill's Pod Squad. Maddie Glab and Bill's owner and president, Kim Pagula, here as your host. And we've got our second episode of season two. We're going to have your daughter, Jessie Pagula, on with us I later. I can't believe it. She is a hard person to nail down. So we just she's got lucky town. that she's here, for the, she's here for the first game and excited to have her on as a guest. Yeah, she's had an awesome last year in tennis. So excited to get into that. Maybe some of more of the family things that go on in the Pagula household. See if uh, she thinks that... Josh Allen could get a point on her because remember that's what Josh said in last week's episode. We, we will see. We'll have to ask her. But before we have Jesse on, I kind of wanted to uh, get into a little bit of week one for you from an owner's perspective. I mean, there are some changes this year in, in the fact that we welcome a full stadium back to Highmark Stadium, which is amazing. It was so wonderful to hear the fans, to see the fans. They were absolutely incredible when it came to how loud they were on that opening kickoff when Isaiah McKenzie returned at 75 yards. I've never heard that play so loud. Well, I love this, how this, um, the fans smelled, believe it or not, because when I came into the stadium, um, just driving down the street and seeing all the, the Bills jersey, just folks just walking down the streets, the signs outside, all the cars, the traffic, okay, maybe that was one of the downsides, but, and the traffic coming in, people just yelling, cheering, just people being together. And then just the smell, like there was a lot of stuff cooking on the grill, the tailgating. Uh, it was just, it just brought, you know, chills, chills, just driving down, you know, um, down 20A there mm -hmm. and seeing all the fans and just bringing back so many memories. Um, and it was great to just have them back. And like you said, the noise in the stadium was, it, it was deafening. It was so awesome to hear. And I'm sure our guys felt it down to their core. Yeah, unfortunately, week one didn't go the way that we wanted it to go. But, you know, we, we both have belief in this team. We know it's a good team. We know that, that they'll be able to bounce back. We do. And, you know, this is one game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as much as I want to win every game, uh, but, you know, when you do have a loss, you kind of go back to reality. It's one game. It is a long season and even longer this year with, with the extra game. And you know what? Sometimes with all the expectations we talked about, coach having to kind of drive home, like this is how teams are built, championship teams are built by uh, what the expectations are, how you deal with them all year. And so one being lost, but you know, how do we come back from this? And how do we now bring ourselves back into reality focus for game two? We talked a lot about Super Bowl expectations, but we've got game, week two, game two coming up, and so one game at a time, and I think week one showed us that that's where the focus needs to be. Definitely, and I'm sure an away game is way different for you than a home game. You are hosting people, you are saying hello to people, uh, you kind of probably have a organized schedule as to who you're with, what you're doing, leading up to kickoff, then through the game and then post game. So do you want to run us through <laughs> what your day was like uh, and maybe how it might have been different this year compared to last year um, with some loosened protocols in different ways? It, it was this. It was crazy as an opening as an opening game because we haven't had fans back. And so you're trying to get everything in. You're trying to touch base with your fans, your sponsors, your partners. We had the NFL films here as well, shooting some scenes of just our game day experience. So it was a lot. We even had 
the governor, Kathy yeah. Hochul, Western New York native, she came to her game, our home opener game, came, flew in from New York City that Amazing. morning and came to the game. So I had to go, of course, visit with her, talk a little, you know, stadium and uh, reiterated her commitment to making this, uh, a new stadium a priority on her agenda. But um, a lot of people to see, wasn't able to see as many fans on the game, on the field pregame, but did get to see some of our partners, great partners like M&T. So, and then just having family and all the kids are in, as, as we talked about, my daughter Jessie was in, a rare moment for her. She doesn't get to go to all the games like my other kids do, but got to see my parents who I haven't seen in a while. Wow. So just a lot of just special people to see and greet and meet. A lot of walking, a lot of walking. I have my, have my heels on, but, uh, <laughs> but did a lot of walking. And um, it was just nice to be able to just soak it all in. Really was. Uh, what, did you, what did you think? I mean, I thought the atmosphere was amazing. I spent the game with Steve Tasker because we do our post game show together. He'll be on with me throughout the entire season. So excited to have him on this year. But we watched it from the radio booth. And so we were on the 50 yard line right next to Terry and Brandon. And so it was my first time actually watching the game from the radio booth. I, in previous years, was kind of in a break room area watching from a TV. And, you know, I said, let's let's just ditch that. Let's watch the actual game because I was usually watching a TV feed, which was great as well. But so nice to get to see the atmosphere, feel the atmosphere, almost feel like you're even a part of the atmosphere. Um, the national anthem leading up to kickoff. I mean, goosebumps. I look over at Steve Tasker. He's tearing up. I am like, I cannot look at you or else I'm going to start crying right now. And then Isaiah McKenzie returns at 75 yards. Steve Tasker again is like going crazy. I'm like, this is so cool to watch a Bills legend um, completely uh, be so happy to be there, get crazy, uh, love every single minute of what he was watching in that game. Of course, there were some moments where we didn't love what was happening in the game, but really cool to get to watch it with him and, and get to hear that crowd because they were so loud and they did impact the game. And you are tier two yes. this year, so you get a lot more access uh, to to a lot of different areas. Yes. Um, I do like to. I last year I was up in the in the same area that you just talked about with Terry and Brandon and Joe Shane and and that crew. And I really enjoyed watching the game from up there. You can see the whole field. You you're at that the right height to kind of see how plays develop. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know about you, but I feel like I focus on the game more when I'm in my suite which is down in the lower suites you know it's it's food it's talking it's it's meeting meet and greet so i don't get to be able to focus on the game and i said it's okay for this for for the opener yeah. uh but i'm hoping to see you up there i was for looking for you i game. was like oh there's terry there's brandon there's joe and i was like i don't feel like i should be banging on the window in the middle <laughs> of the game asking where kim is or trying uh, to do like sign yeah. language to find out where kim was terry looked like he was in the zone watching the game he had his paper he was taking his notes they they work they do work it, it's interesting when they're up there and i've i've been obviously there and and i don't have anything to do with my hands so I eat and there I drink. Was, there was a bunch of food Jake on your good. level, Kim. <laughs> I was like, eat a lot, maybe though. I should sneak in there. The guys don't food. eat a lot. They're actually, they're really taking notes. And I told Sophia, who is um, our our season-long mm -hmm. uh, coaching intern this year, I was like, and, and this is her first, well, it was her first season with our team. And I told her, 
you need to give me assignments to do. I feel so useless up there when I'm up there with the guys. They're there jotting notes about seeing the plays developing, that you know, taking their own stats, and I'm just eating. And I, so I told her this year, I said, I want to understand the game better from a deeper dive into it. And so I am asking her to give me some homework assignments to do during the game. So she, she says she'll do it. I like that. Soph has been so fun to get to know. And speaking of um, Soph and all the other women that we welcome into the team this year, whether it's on a, an internship basis or they're coming on full-time or part-time, um, what is it, what factored into, you know, bringing some more women in? I know when we've talked in the past, Kim, it's been we want to hire um, the, the best person for the role, and if they happen to be women, that's great. And, and this year you see a few more women walk into the door, which – I mean, for me being a, a, a female, I, I love that. Well, it, it has been great, and I have to get, hand it off to, to Coach McDermott and, and our GM, Brandon Bean, because they know the effect that, that women and having a diverse um, you know, staff with our players, surrounding our players, our players They've got mothers, they've got daughters, they've got sisters. So having females around them in football, which is a big part of their life, just like they have them around off, off the field, I think is really important. And these women are hungry. They're hungry to learn. They're hungry to add value to the team. And for them to be able to make our team better, our organization better in any ways, that's all we're looking for. And they're, they've been able to prove that. And so um, over the years, the confidence that the women that have been in our organization, uh, the confidence that, um, that they can add value, they can help our team win, um, and that they can build these rela positive relationships with our players and the rest of our staff has given, I, I know Coach and Brandon, um, just a lot of confidence that women belong in football. They belong in the football operations on the team side. Um, so just really happy. And, and it's spread, right? It's yeah. just like, you used to be one, I then know, there was, was two, and then now in every department, whether it's our sports science, our equipment, our trainers, our, our scouting Scouts. personnel, our um, football staff. operation in every area and so now it seems like kind of more normal right it's just this is just like if you're going out and in, in you know into the public you're seeing a bunch of different people um, as you know every family has got different you know sets of, of women in their lives and so this is what it's like it's like a normal family where you're seeing women you're seeing men you're seeing people from all different backgrounds coming together yeah like you it's said nice. they, good to see. they add value women know football and they add value to the game and I, I love being able to walk into the door and not just seeing like you said one there's several women across several different departments um, in football this year so it, it makes me happy and excited for the future and the diversity of the game in itself. Uh, I want to ask you about one more intricacy of just the game. I'm sure there's a lot of things that happen uh, maybe every home game or every away game that an owner or does some things or it's just things that they prepare for, things that they do that you know your average fan may not know about it and you dropped some knowledge on us last week. You I were did. like I've got an owner's gift that oh, I have yes, to give out. Yes, I'm like, owner's yes. gifts? What are these? So I, could you I, could you explain what owner's gifts are? Well, I think are? I said last week I was a little bit behind, so I was able to get uh, an NFL duffel bag. So very nice leather duffel bag that we gave, uh, put in, in a visiting owner's suite. Um, you know, the Rooney family is certainly icon of the NFL that have been around for so long and have had such, such success. So sometimes, you know, like, okay, what do you get a yeah. guy that, you know, has done all that? That's true. 
who's won six Super Bowls. So how, what do you what do you get that person? But I think it's just a gesture of you know welcoming into the bigger family, not just your club or your organization team, but into the league. And everyone was always so welcoming to Terry and I when we joined the league. So um, just want to keep passing the tradition along. Is that usually something that you do? Um, Several games, every game? No, we do that every game and other owners as well. When we go visiting, um, we'll get a nice treat as well. So um, I think it's just a nice thing that we owners do. We always like to greet each other on the field as well. Um, you'll see us chat, you know, always conversing with the visiting owners. Um, you know, we don't, we don't say a lot. We know we wish each other luck. Mm -hmm. We wish each other uh, a safe game with no injuries, things like that. But it's just always nice, especially since the last two years of COVID. Even our owners' meetings have been virtual. So even from an ownership standpoint, we have not seen each other all that often. So it was nice to be able to physically say hello and, and greet and do all those traditional things uh, that we've done in the past. One thing that I love to do that's similar to that, uh, I have a team reporters group text with all the other NFL uh, female team reporters that work for different teams in the league. And so the Steelers have a team reporter. Pretty much by now, everyone Every NFL team has something similar, and so I was able to see the Steelers team reporter Missy on the sideline, and we always get a picture with whoever is the team reporter of that team and then put in our group text. So oh, Sunday nice. is just like everybody blows up the group text with yeah, a bunch see. of pictures. So who, who knew that football was so traditional off the field? <laughs> yeah, there's just really things is. that happen every week that, you know, your average person or fan may not know about. So love getting to share that with our fans. But let's get to that interview with Jesse. Jesse, thanks for taking the time to be on with us. We know that you're here, there, and everywhere, seemingly always traveling. Of course, that comes with being a professional athlete, especially a professional tennis player. I feel like you guys are, are one of the only maybe not only, but one of the groups of athletes that truly gets to see the entire world through the sport, which I think is just so cool. Um, but I wanted to start with the U.S. Open. That, that was the most recent thing for you. You had an awesome performance with doubles. Um, so what was it like to just be back in, in New York uh, and playing in the U.S. Open? I'm sure a lot of family and friends were able to come into town and see you play. Yeah, she, my mom got to come for a little bit. Um, I hadn't seen her play in, what, almost three years live? Well, I, yeah, probably yeah, Miami, probably been, like so. two, three years ago. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was really nice, and uh, I had a really good tournament. I, you know, lost to a good girl in singles, but I made third round singles, and then um, made semis of mixed doubles, and we actually lost to the team in the semis that ended up winning. So, it was a, a really good tournament, and we were there for the full two weeks. So everyone always says, you know, if you're there two weeks for a slam, it's two weeks long. That usually you're doing pretty well. So, it was nice to kind of be there at the end of the tournament. Um, but yeah, it was really it was a really fun experience having the fans back. I was telling some people that I haven't been able to play with fans now that I'm ranked a little bit higher, so I haven't really had to have that like fan support. So it was cool that I got to do that back at the US Open. So I'm in the States. There was a lot of people um, supporting Americans and stuff like that. So it was definitely it was really fun and it was it was packed like the first week. Any was, more cool. any more nerves with mom being in the stands watching you? <laughs> no, I was family? trying to find her, but I couldn't. I couldn't find so her. So she had gotten. I me, was looking. She had gotten me seat tickets um, to sit in a certain section, but it was really hot out that day. So and I didn't want to be like right there down low and so I was like so uh, Marquita and I my friend uh, we went and we kind of hit found some seats further up so I figured you would see me though but, but yeah no. sometimes you just I don't know it's like one of those things when you see someone you can see them the whole time but then you can't see if you can't find someone it's I don't know it was hard so first time I've seen her in a while in almost three years when I was there she won 
So I so. And then, then she left, and I lost. And I so left. I told her if she wants to take the the um, what is the it? Credit the for credit it. for winning, then she has to take the credit for the loss. Losses. So, <laughs> so next there. time I will she learn my lesson. If I'm there and, uh, and you gotta there's stay. a win, I'm going to have to stay. But it was opening week. It was week one of the NFL. Well, so we thought we, it we, was a tough we had, time. We ended up having a day, extra day off that we didn't think we were going to. So she thought she was going to stay for the next round. But we had, for some reason, an extra day off um, that the schedule came out. So that was one of the reasons, but still. I mean, really, over this entire last year, your career has really just taken off, um, getting to a career-high singles ranking of number 25. I mean, being in the Olympics, um, doing what you did in the Australian Open, which kind of really, I feel like, was the catalyst for everything else. And I remember hearing you do an interview, and this was around the time when the Bills were playing really well. And so it, you compared kind of maybe the confidence of Josh Allen to the confidence uh, you, were, you were having within oh, yeah, yourself. Yeah, we were in Australia when the, right? When the playoffs were going on, yeah. I have to imagine. Yeah, yeah. we were, yeah. So, yeah, because we were watching the, well, we were in lockdown, kind of. We were locked to our hotel rooms, um, or restricted to our hotel rooms, so we would make sure that we practiced and got to watch the Bills game, and they were actually showing it on TV, so we were happy that we could watch. That's so cool. I mean, what what has this last year been like for you as as an athlete and a professional tennis player who's just really taken off and is now a name that a lot of people know in terms of people who are watching the sport? Yeah, it was cool. I did a clinic yesterday um, at my mom's what? alma mater. Alma Houghton mater, College. yeah, Houghton, and um, where my grandparents, you know, are still living there. And they, it was cool to see all the kids kind of say that they like the whole college, I mean, it's a small school, was started watching tennis because I started doing well and they never watched tennis before, but now they're really into it. So that's always really cool to see that like I get people, not just watching me, but watching tennis in general and seeing how much of a fun sport it is because I feel like in the US, a lot of people play it like recreationally, but not, I feel like a lot of people don't know like the top players unless you're really into it. But when we go to other countries, like people get really excited. And then like some of the tournaments in the States, smaller tournaments, people don't get that excited. So it's cool to see that people are getting into tennis, especially up here, because I don't think anyone really, you know, plays as much tennis or watches tennis like back home in Florida. So, um, but yeah, the year has been, I said it like a really long year, but it's gone by super fast. So it's a weird weird feeling like Australia seems like it was like two years ago but um it's just been I don't know a whirlwind especially with COVID and stuff like that um I think it's kind of made everything kind of I don't know feel the same almost like yeah. just week after week after week and it's just ended up flying by really fast and now our season's kind of coming to an end and then we start right back up again so it's just a weird feeling but I've been trying to stay present and you know be in the moment as much as I can because you know, you work so hard for like those achievements and stuff like that. And the next thing you know, it's like the next week and you're at the next tournament and it's gone. So you try to kind of embrace, you know, when you've done really well and enjoy the process of the whole thing because it does really like start to fly by. But um, yeah, the last two years really have been really, really solid years for me. And I think taking the next step and the next level in my sport. So yeah, it's been I think one of the amazing things that people um, have noticed you more now out in, in public and in, in tennis is because you always say your hometown is Buffalo, New York, and you don't see that, that often on the tennis what? circuit yeah. when they announce who the player is, their hometown, age, and all those things, and it says Buffalo, New York. So I think people want to understand why do you claim Buffalo as your hometown, even though you know, you've been 
growing up in, in Florida and in the South for the last year for your tennis? Why do I? Yeah. I don't really know. <laughs> I mean, I was born here, and now that we're back here, I usually just say it's my hometown, and then obviously I say my residency is in Boca. So I feel like I have that to work off of, and then obviously with the bills and stuff like that, I felt like it was good to kind of give some credit back to, to Buffalo. My trainer's here. I mean, I do come back here, like, not a ton, but in the fall and the winter, I come back more often when the season kind of dies down for me. And um, just all the Buffalo people love their sports. And I mean, I was born here, so I feel like I have to give a little credit back to them. And uh, one of your mentors is actually one of the more famous Buffalonian tennis oh, players. Oh, Jimmy Arias. Jimmy yeah. Arias. Mm. So uh, there's a we're nice the only two people. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, we're the most two famous Buffalo tennis players. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we did have a connection with Jimmy and I worked with him. Um, on and off a little bit like a few years ago and I now he commentates a lot so I see him in a lot of tournaments but yeah it's, I always forget that he's also from Buffalo. So you know you made your comparisons to Josh Allen last season um, <laughs> and so now coming into this season kind of in a similar situation where there's a lot of high expectations for you uh, now that you know you've kind of risen risen up in the rankings and Josh as well so you know what how is that different how do you deal with the expectations that the outside world of puts on you? It's <laughs> a really deep question. <laughs> um, yes, I, well, it was interesting because after Australia, obviously I did really well. Yeah. And I was more nervous, I think, playing after Australia. I went to the Middle East and I played a tournament in Doha and Dubai. And I remember being more nervous for those tournaments because I was thinking, okay, now I'm supposed to beat these people. Like, this isn't like, I was in qualifying of, of Doha because of just the draw, it's super small draw. So not a lot of people get in. and a lot of the top players play. So it was, I was in qualifying. So I was like, wow, I just made quarterfinals of the slam and now I'm here qualifying and I'm supposed to beat all these people. And I actually almost lost second round. I saved like match points and stuff like that. And then I ended up making semis of the tournament, but it just, it was definitely a different feeling of, yeah, feeling that like, okay, now I have to back this up. And I've actually, I think I've surprised myself a little bit because I've actually been super consistent throughout the whole year with my results and still getting some really good wins. and some losses here and there, but losing to mostly people that are also, you know, ranked my ranking or higher. So now I'm kind of just getting used to um, playing, I guess, losing to a new group of people, like the people that are at the top. I mean, I'm beating some of them, but then also losing to the same type of people. So it's just weird having that pressure. But like I told my mom the other day on, well, on Arthur Ashe, um, Billie Jean King has a quote that says, pressure is a privilege. So everyone kind of sees it when they walk out onto Arthur Ashe Stadium, and uh, I, it is because it's, I think everyone says, I was even watching a video on Lindsay Davenport, who was former number one, and she said, like, the easier part was getting to number one, the harder part was staying there. So I think that's for everyone in every sport. So I, you just have to learn how to manage it and, I guess, know, always set goals and, you know, keep goals for yourself because, you know, you don't want to get stagnant or you don't want to... Um, you know, take a break off of something you've achieved, but now everyone's gunning for you. So I think it's the same with the Bills. Yeah, you talk about like wanting to stay consistent and you talked about um, the Australian Open and, and then you had the Italian Open where you beat Naomi Osaka. I mean, that's gotta be, you're playing against that next group uh, of, of tennis players, as you say, that she's at the top of the list and to beat someone like her, it has gotta be a little bit like, Okay, I belong now. I am yeah. a part of this group. I can play with this group, and I can beat with this beat this group. Is there like a match that sticks out in your mind as as maybe your favorite in the last year or so? Um, 
I would say, I don't know, there's a lot of them. Um, I think actually in my last tournament, or one of my last tournaments in Montreal was a really good tournament because I, I think I lost almost every first set and I wasn't playing honestly that well, like for, at least for me, I didn't think I was playing that well, but I was able to figure it out and dig myself out of a lot of holes. And I think that's something that the top players do really well is that even when they're not playing that great, they can still figure out a way to get the win and then even, you know, learn to play themselves into a tournament or play themselves through a tournament where, you know, you can't expect to play good every single day because we're playing two, like, day, I mean, maybe one day off in between the first two rounds, but then you're playing every single day for the most part. So, I mean, you can't expect to play amazing every single day. So learning how to manage those matches a little bit better, I was really proud of myself because I made semis in Montreal and um, I beat a lot of really good players, you know, digging myself out of holes or situations where, you know, I wasn't playing well or things weren't going great. So that was probably my favorite, I think, week that I've proven to myself. But then obviously um, I would say winning, like winning the, to go to the quarterfinals. So winning my fourth round in Australia was definitely a big win just with the pressure and playing someone I lost to a few months before that and um, being able to pull that out was, yeah, was definitely good. And those were fun to watch because I feel like the world was still somewhat shut down and I feel like a lot of eyes were on those matches. I'm sure there's a lot of eyes on every match, but just personally, like my family was invested, my mm -hmm. cousins were invested because I work for the Bills and you're the mm -hmm. owner and you're the daughter. It was like, Jesse's on tonight. And so like people in my family who don't watch tennis religiously were turning on the TV to watch you play. So yeah. I think it's been cool to see probably a lot more people pay attention to you or, or eyes are drawn to you just because of the tie that you have to the Bills. Now watching tennis, watching those matches and then watching a Bills game, um, I know the difference for me is, is, is a lot different, but as a fan, an individual sport versus a team sport, were you more nervous watching a, a, an individual sport like tennis than you do at a, at a I Bills think, game? Yeah, I think when it's on an individual person, it's a little bit more nerve wracking because it's, you know, it's your center stage. Yeah. It's not you and 10 other people on the football field working together to achieve something. Like, just like you said, you're digging yourself out of your own holes. Yeah, and, and there's no coaches yeah. Yeah, telling you how to play. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, I mean, that's what makes it so difficult. I think, I mean, I'm biased where I think tennis is, like, probably one of the harder sports. But just individually, yeah, it's nerve-wracking and um, – yeah, I mean, I watch other people, and it's the same thing. Just because there's no really room for air, and there's no someone to pick up the slack, you know, if you mess something up, it's all you, basically. So that's definitely uh, one of the cool things, but it's different, you know, watching tennis and playing it. So that's why I just watch it after yes. the fact. <laughs> I know I talk about oh, yeah, that was... all the time because I like to enjoy it, right? So usually I will watch it. Now it's great because now all the streaming, so you can watch it on demand. So I like to watch it after the fact where I can... If I win. Yeah, if you win. Yeah, then, <laughs> then yeah, well, if you lose, then there's like no reason to watch, right? Yeah. So um, she doesn't listen to me anymore. Back in the day, I used to give... Hopefully, I think. Did I give you any tips? Yeah, what, back, what are some tips tennis? that you got from your mom? Well, not tennis, about being an athlete. Definitely training. not tennis. <laughs> <laughs> so just, you know, in but life in general. But you're always into, like, you're always into 
I don't know, all the recovery stuff now. Yep. So I'm always on top of like the newest recovery trends because you're always doing that (laughs) for some reason. The PEMF mat. Yeah. Yeah. All the, all the things. So, I mean, you've always been good at that. And I feel like you're always good at like, if something was wrong, you're like, okay, we'll go like figure it out, like fix it. Like, what are you waiting for? Like if something was hurting me, you'd be like, well, then you need to go to the PT and go figure it out. Like go now, like right now, like there was never any waiting. It was like, well, why aren't you calling them right now and getting an appointment? And I'd be like, I don't, okay, <laughs> just do it. Whereas I feel like some people are, maybe other people would just not put that pressure, like not to do it immediately. You would be like, don't waste any time. Like you could be, you could be getting no patience, better now. You know like, so go and do it now. Don't wait. So I think that's always been what about like, helpful. What, is, what has he taught you? Dad, <laughs> Dad and I are like, oil was it oil and water oil and on the water. tennis court it does not mix well but he definitely always pushed me to to do better but um I don't know what did he uh, to work hard always work hard always outwork you can always outwork somebody and you know all that type of stuff he's very old school so I would say more of that type of thing and then you were the more um like off court like behind the scenes like scheduling. get healthy like the diet the recovery the you know, the training and stuff like that. And takes the village. More. That's what they say, but it's true. I mean, you look around here in, the, in our locker room that we have, and our players are very blessed to have a whole team and a staff, um, even if it's an individual sport, she as well, whether it used to be just mom and dad back in the days, but uh, your, your team has expanded, <laughs> yeah, <have> thankfully, <laughs> yes, of, of trainers and strength and conditioning, just all very similar things to an athlete. I know that um, a lot of people have asked me about, you know, from an ownership standpoint, and I always say, well, you know, we've been parents to an athlete, so we, you know, we don't always relate, but I think we have a little bit more of an understanding as it, um, as it relates to, you know, our players and what they need, the importance of, of the health and wellness, the importance of the mental part of it. I know we were always talking to you about the mental part of the game, um, yeah. and it seems like that, that I don't know what took well. so long, but it seemed like that's what's kind of clicked in this past year and has led to some of your Well, I think success. that I got better at, like, figuring out what, I mean, you guys always provided, like, the options, but then I think once I got hurt a couple times or whatever, I think I got, I figured out, like, what I need, and then I was like, okay, I know what to do. You guys can leave me alone. <laughs> like, you guys ta- told me all this stuff, and now I, and then I kind of just pieced it all together to, like, what I kind of needed. But, like, yeah, I mean, like a team and, and knowing what I like and what I don't like and, I obviously, like, I keep up, like, she keeps up with all the recovery stuff and the new stuff, and my dad just always, I don't know, <laughs> telling me stuff. So I always can, um, yeah, use that from, like, growing up and having, you know, figuring out different things that can help off the court and, and putting that into now definitely helps. Do you, fi- do you feel like you have a different perspective on being a professional athlete because you have ties to the Bills and the Sabres? Yeah, I always like make fun of them because I'm like, you guys just don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) But no, yeah, I like definitely. I mean, I didn't play a team sport, so I know it's different. But like, I think I could relate more to maybe like a quarterback or maybe a kick, like someone in a more individual position. Um, Just it's hard. Like, it's just it's really hard to execute in in certain moments. And it's just there's so many like just variables. There's just so many variables that go on that can be the reason you win or lose. And like, I think I understand, like, momentum of, like, I don't, I mean, I watch football a lot, but I don't, I don't know, like, all the rules and all the plays and the formats or whatever, but 
I'm pretty sports savvy where like I can I can pick up like something that shifts the momentum or something that doesn't. So I think that's where being an athlete helps because I can feel that on the court right away or watching tennis and you can see it translating to football games. Even though it's a different sport, there's definitely little things where I've noticed like, oh, that's going to shift the momentum. And, it, you know, if I'm right, it usually does or something. And I, I can pick up on stuff like that, I think, from just being an athlete. What other things have you learned from being an athlete? You know, you've traveled a lot. Uh, you turned pro at a really young age. Uh, you're a little older now, more mature. But, you know, what, what are some of the intangible things that you feel um, sports has brought into your life? Well, obviously, a lot of just traveling a lot. I think I have a lot of, com like, I didn't go to college, but and maybe you wanted me to or still does. But I'm like, eh, because I just... I feel like I've learned so much from traveling and, and things that you can't really learn anywhere else unless you do it. And I've been traveling from such a young age, so I think that just helped me grow up really fast. So I'm pretty independent. And then you also like raise us pretty independently to, like, to do stuff on our own. So the combination of that with tennis, I think, um, brought a lot of, I don't know, maturity, I think, faster than maybe if I didn't play. Um, so that's definitely something I, I take from being an athlete. And then I think just like taking care of myself in general, like just knowing what I need, like what my body needs. Like I'm very in tune with like my body and like injuries or something's bothering me. I know exactly, like I've gotten really good at knowing exactly what I need or like problem solving and figuring it out, stuff like that. And then I think too, just work, like hard work and stuff. It's just... You know, it's a lot of practicing. It's doing a lot of things that I don't want to do. So, when I, I don't know, when you look at life, I'm sure there's a lot of things that nobody really wants to do, but I'm just so accustomed to doing that that I think it translates over pretty well into pretty much all life skills. You brought up traveling the world. What's what's your favorite place that you've been to and maybe what's, what's a, a favorite country for food in your mind? Um, Middle East was really cool. My sister Kelly went with me, my sister. You yeah. wanted to go, but you couldn't because we were like kind of in a bubble and I could only bring like one person or something. That was really cool just because it's kind of a, not a culture shock. I mean, it is, but it's just very extravagant yeah. and big and just totally different, like the desert and the sand dunes and everything. So that was really cool and someplace I haven't been till this year. So that was interesting. And then I always liked, um, I liked Japan a lot. We were there for the Olympics. Um, I haven't been back since then in a while so that was really cool I love the food there and then I would say Italy like the food in Italy is really good Paris too but I like I think Italy I like the style of food better Paris I feel like you can go on any corner and find good food like no matter what you don't even really have to look up restaurants or anything and then yeah Italy it's just the food is so fresh and I don't know I can eat bread and pasta and I don't feel terrible Different so I take advantage of it. COVID has certainly put a put um, a damper on on me living vicariously through her. Yeah. Because I would she would be the excuse for me to travel the world. Terry, not as much a world traveler. If it's if it's any tournament in the U.S., you know he'll want to go. But if it's outside the country, then that's usually where I would show up. So I've been able, fortunate to go to you know Brazil and Japan and other countries. But then COVID, with when Paris, we couldn't really go anywhere. London. Yeah, she went to some amazing places. I've been wanting to go to Spain. You went to uh, yeah. Dubai, Spain. Well, because now I played, yeah, yeah all the, the bigger, bigger tournaments, which yeah. are now that I, you know, whatever, know that I'm in the tournaments now, it's easier to plan my yeah. schedule. So I knew where I was going ahead of time, and usually that would be like 
She'd be my popping in everywhere. <laughs> yeah, just I think a, Rome is really cool. Trail. You've been yeah, there. I've, I have been to Rome. We, I played the well. I've been to Rome, but I played the tournament there for the first time this year, and it's pretty cool. Yeah. Just like the history behind so it. So I the am food is looking pretty. forward to when all this COVID is over <laughs> and we can fleet, <laughs> freely travel, and I can go and get uh, see some. But of then new I said, I told my coach it was kind of good that I did well during COVID because nobody could come. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody could pop in and be like, oh, like bandwagon. It was just like, okay, everyone has to stay away. And I got to just like do my thing like week to week and nobody could really well, come I'm, in. I'm one and oh, I'm one and oh, so. But you're I, not bad. So. You don't like to, like she likes to do her own thing and just go shopping and go eat and then like watch, kind of watch the matches. But, yeah, my dad can get kind of – my dad and my sisters can get kind of annoying because <laughs> they want to, like, be, like, in, like, the team and, like, I want a badge and I want to sit here and I want to do this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm just like, so well, annoying. Yeah, just leave me alone. You guys are like, yeah, I'll show up when the like match starts. They're, like, bandwagon teammates, you know? <laughs> like, they want to, like, jump in when it's hot. And I'm like, yeah, well, this, this year they couldn't really. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sure our, our players can relate to that as well because we know on any given game day, yeah. there's a lot of family. I saw Josh Allen's mom. Um, mom and dad were here for the game as well as his uncle. And so um, I mean, I, it's I'm nice. Sure it's, it's, like I did well with Ke Kelly came to the Middle East and I won a lot of matches and that was fine. But sometimes it can just be, you know, family. It just can be overbearing. So <laughs> it's like a little nice. But I had, always had an excuse. I'm like, oh, well, COVID, we can't bring Sorry, anyone in. Can't Sorry, can't <laughs> Although I would have gone to the Olympics, though. I think I would have gone to Olympics. Well, that would have been understandable. Yeah, if it was regular But we really, yeah, we couldn't bring anyone How there. did you find out that you made the Olympics team? I mean, what an accomplishment to, to be a part of just a few people that get to experience that over their lifetime. I didn't really think I, well, is it got delayed a year. So I wouldn't have been in if it was delayed a year because I wasn't ranked as high. So it was just kind of fitting that. Blessing it kind of ended up got postponed, yeah, and then it was kind of shifting, and they were still weary about whether they were going to have it or not, and then it was kind of leaning, they said yes, and I was like, my coach and I were like, oh, like, now you could, like, maybe make the Olympic team now, because then I started doing really well, so we were, like, keeping track of points and stuff like that, because there was, you could see who, you know, people lose points and their ranking goes down, if you're doing well, you move up, it's, there's a lot of different things, but we were definitely keeping track of that and just kind of aware of that situation. And then we were also aware that Serena probably wasn't go, wouldn't go. So we kind of knew all these like different things. And I knew if I did well enough and kind of put myself in a good position um, that I would have a really great chance of getting in. And, and I did. So they called me. I was in uh, Berlin. And um, the captain of the team, Kathy Rinaldi, called me and uh, just said, you know, do you want to be on the Olympic team? And I kind of knew it was coming, but it wasn't official until I got the call. So that was really cool. And then I was excited, too, that I didn't know that I was going to be able to play doubles, too. Um, but because one of the doubles girls that went, I played with her a couple times throughout the year that they actually, we got nominated to play. So they have to kind of, they kind of have to approve that you're able to go based on um, how many tournaments you played, your ranking, uh, if you played any Fed Cup or Billie Jean King Cup matches, which is playing for your country. So there's a lot of different things that kind of accumulate but I was excited that I got to play singles and doubles because then I could you know be there and play more matches and be there longer. Yeah, she was supposed to have a bridal shower so it got postponed <laughs> because of COVID for the first year. Because it was right and before yeah, yeah so, was so right we, we were leaving. We did the bridal shower and then it got canceled <laughs> because she off. had to go to the Olympics. Yeah. So like, what better excuse like, Sorry. could there be? <laughs> yeah so it worked out yeah either way if I didn't go I would have my bridal shower if I didn't have the bridal I was going to the Olympics so it was fine yeah.
I know you said that your mom is, is kind of helping you with maybe some of the more up-to-date things in terms of keeping your body right and keeping you healthy, and your dad is more of maybe the constructive criticism <laughs> type, of, type of parent. Um, but just them being owners, do you see the sport tennis-wise in a different light or perspective from a business side of things because your parents are owners of, of two professional teams? Well, I think I've learned actually from maybe the team, I don't know, one way or the other, that like in tennis it's a little different. You're kind of the owner of your own team. So it's kind of cool to see that, I guess, kind of relation of in relation to football, how they're managing a lot of these different things that maybe people, fans and whatever, don't really think are like decisions that need to be made. Like they, I don't think if they're aware of all the other things that go on, which is the same thing in tennis. Like people aren't aware of all the other decisions like a player is making because they're the owner of their own team. Basically, they're the one hiring a coach and a trainer and a physio and paying them. And you know, then they have an agent that's helping them get spon it's sponsors and traveling and booking flights. And there's a lot of different things. So I think that there is definitely a, um, I don't know what the word is, but a comparison to 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 you guys and well, owning that's, the team that's good and I think I've I'm learned to be doing this you know <laughs> for very much longer so I'm glad that you're getting a lot of practice maybe uh, yeah. after retirement I think it's good that I've yeah but I think that's one thing I've gotten a lot better at that's why I've done well is because I've kind of taken control of like all these little things which maybe I didn't do before but I think with the team it's the same thing like if you guys didn't have these people in charge, I mean, the players wouldn't know what to do. There'd be a lot of other things that have to keep the show going to like function and to be productive. And I think it all trickles down at some point. I don't think it's just, even if it doesn't seem related to football, it still is a part of the team. One is that you and Diggs have a common connection. Yes, we both have a the same sponsor from here, um, Imagine Staffing company yeah, yeah. maybe we could brand. do an event together all about the brand i like it i'm still pushing to do a trey white plays tennis video you okay. know how he did the goalie yeah yeah i'm all still right. pushing for a tennis a one I think maybe really trey funny. white and so josh allen yeah so who would win the point against you in tennis i don't know josh, if of all the players Diggs. yeah if you had to pick yeah. someone to oh, to be the I'd best competitor see, against like, some you. sort of just guess athleticism wise I don't know. Have any of them I played mean, your receivers all, like, for have, fun? Your receivers and your cornerbacks have, have good really hand high hand-eye right? coordination. But Josh, yeah, has, but Josh has been uh, stepping up his golf game, he told us. So yeah. that's a lot. Okay, so maybe right Josh hand. then. He's, okay. He did say he has picked up a tennis racket okay. before. Well, this might just be just for fun. Yeah. But, I mean, he did say he thinks he could score a point against you. I don't know <laughs> how you would receive that, but I've, you know. I don't know. I mean, if we, we can, well, we can find out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I. Her dad is not one to point off of her when she plays left handed, even though she's a righty. <laughs> so, so. And my fiance. Yeah. He thinks he's yeah, good. Yeah, does your, does your family like to jump in sometimes when you're oh, maybe yeah, practicing big, at home big, and it's uh, like, tennis. all right, I'm going to take you on, Jesse. Yeah. We're going to play after lunch or whatever. Yeah. We've had some big tennis, especially during COVID, we had some big tennis matches. We, we did. Um, yeah. Usually, because my sister, well, older sister who played Division One college at Pitt was down for a while. So then she was starting to. Like, oh, I want to hit, I want to hit. So I would go hit with her for a little bit. And then there's always this conspiracy, like, who is the best? So I'm the best in the family. That's already <laughs> been decided. But the rest of the list, it's very open. Up for grabs. So there's been a lot of competition. But I usually play, like, lefty for fun because I like to play left-handed. And I'm probably, like, around 
I'm not like that good, but I know like how to move and I know like my court awareness is there. Whereas like someone like Kelly's not bad, but yeah. she like, yeah, she just, I don't know. She gets tired or she doesn't know how to win like the actual point. Yeah. So it's just different. So I beat everybody lefty. Who's still. number two well, not in my the sister. family? Well, there's a big issue. Like Laura well, is Taylor supposed is to be. But my fiance. fiance plays. And like he's okay, but and he's athletic, but he thinks that he can beat her two out of three sets because he <laughs> thinks he's going to tire her out because she doesn't play anymore. So that's the big, it's actually an ongoing <laughs> trash talk right now. They were just talking about it when they were here couple days ago for the game but does your mom ever up. pick up the tennis racket yeah yeah you used to no, play a lot play against, yeah against terry a lot yeah. and yeah Ooh. I, it, it, they're they're usually battles <laughs> no <laughs> they usually are because he complains i use too much of the racket so so like i don't always hit it right on the strings <laughs> yeah yes and uh he always swears that you know i calling a ball out when it should have been in yeah. so there's a lot of Arguing. arguing going on. Are there ever any wagers at play? I think it's just more bragging rights. More bragging yeah. rights. We don't really do money or like yeah. bets, but it's more rights. bragging rights, yeah. Yeah. which are big in the family, I guess. Bragging rights. Yeah. So you're off to Chicago and then mm -hmm. a couple. And, um, well, I leave in like a little over a week to Chicago and then Indian Wells. Indian Wells, so. Yeah. So, and which then I think you're going to New Wells. I, I'm going to try. Which is, well, you, she I'm might pop try. in the week. Uh, yeah. I'm going to try to go to Indian Wells. So now that, you know, last time I showed up, you won. So I might have to <laughs> wait till, till that later in the week uh, to, to get your to win, get my, to your second to get win. my mojo going for you. Um, and, then, and then you have your wedding. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. Any plans after the wedding? Are you guys um, well, doing the honeymoon right after or later no, on? No, I have like a you lot of You probably have to do it around your schedule yeah, and we around the season. Because like um, with COVID, they didn't really, we didn't really have a fall schedule or even the end of a summer schedule for a long time. So while they were still trying to figure out what tournaments they were going to have, and usually we go to Asia and that ended up getting canceled, but they added Indian Wells and they added all these other tournaments. So uh, I didn't plan anything, but there's um, Billie Jean King Cup, which is in, Prague. They just they just announced two weeks ago that it's in Prague. So I could be going to that, where it's again you play for your country. It's like well they used to be called Fed Cup, but now it's called Billie Jean King Cup. And um, but again they just kind of call you and tell you. So I don't really know. But that's a week. And then there's I play World Team Tennis over Thanksgiving. And then there's the year end championships, which depends on how I do. I can make that. So then that's like four so weeks no kind of filled up. So <laughs> honeymoon. no honeymoon. That's yeah. your honeymoon right there. Yeah. Exactly. Fiance or husband at that point is probably going to come with us. Yes, some of them. he will just come and maybe I think World Team Tennis is in Palm Springs and there's a lot of golf there. So that just might be where I play team tennis and he goes and golfs every other day. <laughs> That's probably what it will be. Nice. Well, before uh, we let you go, I know week one didn't go how the way we all wanted it to go. Um, but hopefully in week two, they can bounce back and get a W. But what are your thoughts on, on the Bills this season? We got to watch them have an, have an exciting season last year. Didn't end, you know, in, in a world championship. But I know that's the goal every year. So what do you think about this group? I, I think that it'll just be interesting to see how everyone handles kind of a whole different scenario of um, kind of last, last year we were still kind of underdogs everywhere. And we were good, but no one, you know, we didn't actually win yet. So, yeah. and I think just with the history of, you know, not make, pay, making it back the first round of past the first round of playoffs and there was all these obstacles. So now that we kind of, I think, got the monkey off our back, it's kind of like, okay, now we're a good team and 
Josh, um, you know, signed a contract and now he's locked in. It's like, okay, let's see what, what can really happen. So I think it'll just be interesting to see how everyone kind of manages the season and the expectations. But I, I think, you know, we're a good team and definitely, definitely can, can go far. Um, and then hopefully peak at the right time. I'm hoping so. Maybe it was good to get this. I'd rather this loss happen maybe now than down the road where, you know, maybe we suffer kind of a bad loss maybe or a game we should have won uh, later in the season. So hopefully we can turn it around and it keeps everyone hungry to, um, to keep going and maybe not listen to the hype and just keep their heads down and, and go. But I know Sean does a pretty good job of that, so I think it'll be good. You got any advice for them since now you're someone who has expectations <laughs> um, and hype around you? I, I think they know what to do, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think like what I said, just keep your head down and keep working. And I, you just have to take it each week, every day, one day at a time, really, and just try to manage the games as best you can, um, even if they're ugly wins or whatever. You just have to get the job done in the end, but easier said than done. So, um, yeah, I think they'll just have to, to embrace the challenge. All right, favorite sports movie? Miracle. Is that yours too? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I like all of them, but, um, but I had a feeling you were going to say that. Well, yeah, I've seen that movie like a million times. Kelly and I used to just like quote that movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's Definitely. awesome. Mine is Sandlot. Oh. It's a good baseball movie, good baseball but movie. there's a lot Have of good sports Sandlot? movies out there. Yeah, I, I saw it a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's an oldie for sure. But thanks, Jesse. Yeah, thank thanks. you. Thanks for thanks, mom. being on. Yeah. Yeah, your mom's I got a podcast. What do well, you there, think there about that? Yeah, sometimes I go months without seeing her, so it's nice to have her home, nice to see her in her element in New York City, nice to have her here in Buffalo, and then, she's like I said, she's going to be at the game in Miami, so she gets to go two in a row. Yeah. I know. When's the last time I've done that? I know. And, <laughs> and as a mom, how has it been to, to see Jesse have so much success? You know what? People uh, ask me all the time, like, oh, is this what you expected? And I was like, no, I actually didn't expect her to, to, uh, to be this high. You know, because, listen, you know, when you're seven years old and, you know, you just see her as a little kid. So um, it's great, though. I do know the, the hard work, like any athlete, the hard work, uh, the, the hard work, the, the luck, the... Just, um, you know, just what you have to give up, you know, whether it's college or school or prom or a lot of the different things that the um, athletes have to give up to craft their sport. So um, her getting recognized, uh, her getting well, it's achieving pretty cool. something. I'm it literally is, like, I mean, when you think about it, it like when we used to grow up in Hilton Head and everyone would be like, oh, she's so good. And it's like, okay, yeah, like. Yeah. yeah, she is, but like, you know, there's you a long way to go. To and then anything. Laura played like college, so you saw that level, but then it's like, oh, now you're like 20 in the world, like in your sport, it's pretty cool. I don't know if I ever. Did you ever think this would be I where know, you would like, be? I, I mean, I, I know you probably believed always, in yourself and you knew that you I always, had talent. Yeah, I always thought, I yeah, I always thought I could, but it was just like, it's just weird. I don't know. It's just, the it's reality. like, oh, wow, everything I did really did pay off. <laughs> I don't know if it would, I ever thought, like, it would, like, really pay off or I would be, like, happy, like, oh, wow, I really got to, like, a really high level. And obviously, I still want to go further. But just to say that, I don't know if you ever really think that, oh, yeah, it did pay off. But now I think I'm at a point where I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I, I actually did I've had, I mean, even if I like retired tomorrow, I'd be like, wow, I actually had a great career. I like finished 
almost top 20 in the world and did well at a slam and won tournaments. And I think you can look back and say that, yeah, I, I'm just glad I kept, I guess, pushing through injuries and stuff like that. It was definitely worth it. So one more question then before we go. What, what's, what's the goal from here on out? Because you've, you've, um, you've set a standard for yourself yeah, now. I, I think I've been good at setting like small goals. I definitely want to be at least be top 20, I think, by the end of the year, really push for that. It's going to be a little tough with all the rankings, and the depth right now is really good, so a lot of the girls are kind of like their points and everything is accumulated very closely, so it's a little tough to move up and down, but it will be really nice to finish top 20 because I think I've earned it, but it's just with COVID and the point system, it's been a little hard for rankings right now. Um, our ranking system kind of changed, but yeah, I would like to finish top 20 and um, try to make the year-end championships, which is going to be tough again. It's only the, it's the top top eight players that have accumulated the most points throughout the year. So um, it's only I think only eight players go. So that would be really cool. But um, two tough goals. But I have two more tournaments, so we'll see how it goes. But yeah, that's it for now. And then get married. <laughs> Because that's been a goal for like the last like three years, and I haven't quite gotten <laughs> finally there yet. checked. So that it would actually off the be list. a very good goal to accomplish <laughs> is finally get married in October. Well, we hope you can accomplish all of those things, and Thank I know you. if anybody believes in you, it's your mom. Yep. Thanks, mom. <laughs> Thank well, you. Thanks, Jesse. So awesome to have Jesse on with us. And he yeah. said she's not in town all the time, and she is someone who is all over not just the country but the entire world. And she is going to be actually at game two. So what? she actually has a fortune that she was able to be able to come here for week one, but then she's, we're heading back home, back to Florida, and she's preparing for another tournament next week, but she'll be able to catch the Bills in Miami. I love that, that she's going to be around. And speaking of coming back to Florida, I mean, uh, a Miami away game maybe isn't really an away game for you guys because part-time you're also based in Florida. So what does an away game at Miami look like for you? Is it more of a it's always going to be a business trip because, you know, it's a game. But are you going to Florida earlier, getting some stuff done before the game happens on Sunday? So actually this year it's a little bit different. I signed up for a conference, for a health and wellness conference, Ooh. believe it or not, that happened to be in, in Orlando that I've always been wanting to go to. And so many of people know um, health and wellness. And I like to say biohacking, you know, I like to take shortcuts in, in my health and wellness and diet and exercise. And I often talk to our, our trainers and our sports science folks with all the new gadgets. I'm a, I love technology and all the new gadgets. So this is a big conference. So I'm actually going to be going there uh, on Friday and Saturday. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to drive from Orlando back down to Fort Lauderdale, um, connect with, with Brandon Bean and Joe Shane and my husband for our, our pregame dinner that we always have um, at a restaurant um, that I have not been to before. But, but we have a little steak in, in, in a hotel down in Fort Lauderdale. So I'm going to try that out. But um, a game in Miami is like a home game. It's like a Bills game because there are so many Bills fans at a Miami game. It does feel like home sometimes. Uh, when you're there in the stands, you look around, 
and there are a lot of Bills fans. Um, it is just one of the destination games to go to. If you're a Bills fan, it's a little bit earlier this year, so it is going to be hot. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a, a very hot, humid game, so that's always um, how our players deal with that is, is always one of the priorities. But yeah, it feels like you're at home in, the, in that stadium. I was gonna say, it's usually a fun place to escape to for Bills fans, especially if we're playing them in December, January, where you wanna escape the cold weather here and get some heat in yes, Florida. Like I said, but it's a lot it's gonna earlier. be next level yes. heat on Sunday, I'm sure. Yeah. The humidity is still high there. We've always played, you know, really well against them in Miami. So I'm hoping to keep up week two, hoping to keep that trend going. I know Josh always plays well against them. So um, you know, Joe Shane, our assistant GM is, you know, was with Miami, so you always wanna kind of uh, take it to your old team. <laughs> Not in a bad way, but you know, you just always like to, to uh, have that win against a, a former team. So, um, so I'm excited for the game and excited to see a lot of the Bills fans that yeah. we saw this week. Since Sean McDermott has taken over in Buffalo, he's played the Dolphins eight times and they've won seven of those games. So like uh, a, a pretty good showing against the Dolphins, at least when the Bills have played them uh, in the last few years. And we've won five straight games against the Dolphins. So also you know, some, some good juju to put They're out there. They're a little bit dangerous. They, they, won, they won week one, and, uh, you know, they've had some high picks, mm -hmm. um, and, and they continue to have some high picks going forward into the future yeah, they had, with some of the trades that they made. Yeah, two first-round picks in this in this year's draft, two second-round picks as well. They have Jalen Waddell, who's the wide receiver that went to college with Tua. So and, Yeah, and he's not a rookie anymore. So, mm -hmm. you know, they can be easily dangerous. Uh, you know, we Coach talks about it all the time. This is a, a league where every game matters, and it's a league where anyone can win on any game. Nothing is given to you. No matter how far you went last year, um, you have to earn every game. So certainly this is going to be a tough lesson for, for our team this year to persevere, not rely on, on things that we've done in the past or successes in the past, mm -hmm. and go out there and get business done in week two. Yeah, they had a number one defense last year. Miami did. They return a lot of those players, so um, might not be the easiest defense to score on. I know when we we played them in week 17 last year. We scored 56 points and, and kind of had a field day. That's the game that Isaiah McKenzie had three touchdowns. So maybe we'll do the same thing in week two. That would be really nice to, to see 50 points be strung up on the scoreboard. Definitely. And you know what else is fun about the, the Miami Stadium, is the Hard Rock Stadium, is that not are they only about football, but they are about tennis. Mm -hmm. So they have the Miami Open. So it's a, one of the largest tournaments in the U.S. that they um, started hosting a couple years ago and then, you know, COVID hit. Um, Jesse is always fun. It's always a fun tournament. Uh, so they've got hard courts there. And then they're getting into Formula One. No way. So, yeah, yeah. They get, so they're going to be having Formula One. So imagine being able to have a place that you can play football, tennis, and race cars. That sounds like uh, everything you'd want all in one. Maybe our friend Daniel Ricardo yeah, can won. come on over. Yes, he, yeah. he won. Congratulations to him. That's awesome. Yeah, well, it's been fun to have a, a partnership with him. Um, I know Josh Allen and him are our virtual friends. Maybe haven't met in person yet, but hopefully, maybe not this season, but next season, we can get him here for a game. That would be awesome. Um, Got to ask you one question, though. Do you and Joe and Brandon always have dinner? before every single game or is it just during away games? I know you usually meet with Brandon after the game. Right, yep, no, we, it's usually the away games. Nice. So usually we're away with the team and, and yes, more often than that, maybe 
there's been a couple where um, sometimes maybe he's coming in late from watching a college game because they all be out yes. on the road. But usually we have dinner the night before. It's usually uh, Terry and I, Brandon Bean, Joe Shane, and then this year Brian Gain as well with cool. the, uh, with Dan Morgan having left and gone to gone to Carolina. So so Brian is filling in for us. But um, it's it's always good. We talk about everything everything yeah that's awesome I'm sure this year now on the road it's gonna feel a little bit different I know last year on the road it was so tight in terms of what you could do and couldn't do it was pretty much you, you fly in you go to your hotel room and you're at your hotel room until kickoff yeah so it was a lot of we could order Shake Shack and In-N-Out Burgers those were the only <laughs> other items and we did a lot of that so I am happy to have a little sushi some steak some other other things besides burgers uh, yeah, sushi and steak sounds wonderful. Burgers are, are always wonderful, but they might get old after, you know, several away trips eating burgers. So I totally understand that. But that's going to do it for our second episode of Season 2. Thanks for listening or watching, and make sure you stay tuned for next week's episode where we interview more of our players, uh, influencers, you name it, we'll have them on in Season 2. Right. So we'll talk right, to you guys Miami. later. See you in Miami. Yeah, thanks, Kim.